Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 342. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2018, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for the new Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 342. This week's episode marks the 300,000th downloaded episode of the Slow Flowers podcast, and I couldn't be more excited. Thank you for continuing to download, listen, comment, and share these episodes. For more than four years, you've listened to my interviews with leading and emerging voices in the progressive floral community. It is humbling and encouraging to have your attention each week and to see how important and impactful the power of personal stories and the sharing of those is for you, the listener. If you want to help me celebrate, you can show your support by joining the Slow Flowers Movement. Join slowflowers.com, sign up for the upcoming Slow Flowers Summit, and start planning your activities for American Flowers Week 2018. It all matters, and every gesture of support at any level gives me the encouragement to continue this passion project that has grown far beyond anything I ever dreamed. As we're finally into the spring season, it's fitting to welcome today's guest, Carly Donnelly of Rusted Vase Floral Company. I met Carly through several other Seattle area studio florists in 2017 when she joined Slow Flowers and participated in a beautiful co-op ad to promote locally grown flowers to wedding audiences. As with all of you, I try to follow along on your social media channels to keep in touch. That's often how I come up with new podcast episode ideas. And Carly's recent post about her decision to open a retail floral space was one of those items that caught my attention. I recently visited Carly in her new space on University Way, adjacent to the University of Washington campus. I know you'll enjoy our conversation about her path to launch the Rusted Vase Floral Company, her sourcing practices and design philosophy, and her decision to go retail. Here's a little more about Carly from her website. She writes, I am inspired by nature, texture, and color. I often use the natural beauty of the Pacific Northwest and the places I travel to as inspiration for my designs. I believe flowers are most beautiful in their natural state, wild, unique, and wandering. Sourcing local and sustainable flowers is a foundation of the rusted vase business model. Over 90% of the product used in my designs is sourced from the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a member-owned co-op made up of Pacific Northwest farmers. No matter what I do, my goal is always the same, to provide flowers that make your heart fill with joy. My aim is to be there for you, to see our collaboration come to life down to the very last bloom. 
Well, I know you'll enjoy our conversation, and please check out the photos that Carly shared with me, including of her new store space, her design work, and more. I'll also include all of Rusted Bay's Floral Company's social places so you can follow along too. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so happy today to be with my guest, Carly Donnelly. Hi, Carly. Hi. And Carly is Seattle-based owner of Russet Vase Floral Company, right? Yes, that's right. And, we, and we're in your new space. Um, I, I was telling you earlier that I saw on Instagram that you were going from studio to quasi-retail, and tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I have been a studio-based florist for the past couple of years, mostly focusing on weddings. And now I have a space that will kind of be retail, a little bit more private than a traditional shop. I'm hoping to, um, yeah, it'll be a meeting space for mm-hmm. consults. I will design out of here and host some workshops, and then I will have kind of limited retail access to the public. It's beautiful. I hope we can show some photos. I know you've been putting the process photos up on Instagram and you did a major makeover on this space, right? Yes. So it was green and very choppy and divided up. So we had drop ceiling. So we've done a lot of work and it's been me and my dad and my boyfriend and that's it. (laughs) It takes a village. And it's Fantastic, and I'm excited for it to be done. Yeah. Lots of work. Yeah. Okay, so (laughs) you're going to open in early April. Is that what you're thinking? Yes. So I'm having an open house on April 6th, and then that will be my first, that's Friday, and then my first open Saturday to the public, Mm -hmm. and then we'll Mm -hmm. kind of see how it goes, Mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll probably just learn as the days go on what I need to do in here and when I'll be open. Right. I love that, that idea that we were talking about before we turned on the recorder where it's sort of quasi retail, but it's, it's really what you have to make it work for you. So you're not beholden to this seven day a week, nine to five, you know, retail schedule, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think most importantly, it's a space for me to work and create and then um, meet with clients, but I've always wanted to have a shop. Mm. So um, having a place where I can sell plants and some other um, handmade and local things like jewelry and candles will be really fun. But I think first and foremost, it's my studio and my workspace. It's an it's a important point about like what fuels your creativity and it sounds like for you, a beautiful light filled, mm-hmm. like white walls, you know, open spaces kind yeah, of important definitely um I've done a couple weddings in here now in construction mode but it's been really really nice and um it has good vibes and I am much more I think creative here and I feel like comfortable and there's good energy and yeah yeah it's it's nice to have a nice space that I'm excited about so you said it's about 1400 square feet mm-hmm. the front is definitely looks like a retail shop because mm-hmm. you've got beautiful light fixtures and you've got hanging plants and all your you know, cabinets and shelves are up, um, yes. but you also have this nice dining table. So this will be where you're able to meet with, with brides and uh, yeah. private clients. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I've been, the layout will probably change. I've changed it already a bunch, but well, it looks like everything's easy to move around. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think the front half is retail and a space to meet. And mm-hmm. then, um, the back half, which you can see 
It's um, kind of got this nice opening. Yeah. yeah, it's just a little bit more divided. So when we're making mess and there's flowers everywhere, it doesn't have to be in the main retail spot. Right, right, <laughs> right. You don't have to quickly pull the curtain closed or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah, I might put like a door, a divider or something, mm-hmm. but it's also nice to, I've had been working back there and seen people see that I'm working and that's, I think, kind of mm-hmm. intriguing and interesting to people. Well, we're by. in Seattle. We're in an area where... It, we're just exploding. The city is exploding like crazy. And um, was it? I'm just curious how you chose this neighborhood. Is this called the University District? Yes. Okay. Um, and we're on the main, <laughs> what we call the Ave, which right. is University <laughs> Avenue, right? Right. It's actually University Way, but oh, way. we call it the Ave. And I don't know why I've asked everybody, like, why is it the Ave when it's Way? <laughs> I never thought about that. Did you go to the University of Washington? No. Oh, I didn't either, but I went to college in Seattle, and it was the place to go when right. you were a college student. Yeah, it's funny. But um, no, it wasn't a spot or neighborhood I had thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in Capitol Hill, and I really like it up there. So I originally thought Capitol Hill or maybe Wallingford. Um, it was really important to me that I didn't go into a neighborhood that already had like a successful florist that you know had been around for a long mm-hmm. time and built their business. And That's a really good point. You had to kind of consider, even if your vibe is 100% different, their right. competition. Right? Yeah, exactly. And just... I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like the respectful thing to do mm-hmm. too. You know, I love the flower community here, so I would never want to open a flower shop right across the street from another person. Right. The <laughs> coffee people do it all the time. I know. <laughs> but only I was coffee. Yeah, exactly. So, um, are there any florists in this area? The one, the closest one I think that I've been able to map mm-hmm. out is University Flowers. Oh. It's over by U Village. Oh, okay. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I think that's that's really it there's not really mm-hmm. anything at least not um i know there's lots of studio based yeah. for us but there's not any um retail retail storefronts in this general area um yeah so i think it'll be good and i kind of just stumbled upon this spot and i it was a mess and green and weird when i saw it but it was i think now i'm really excited about the neighborhood that it's in and mm-hmm. it's fun and there's people walking around and there's students and um, yeah, it's, families and yeah, exactly. Like, well, yeah, like how did how does one go about finding a space? Did you start looking through real estate listings or? Yeah, so Craigslist and real estate, and I actually my friend's brother is a commercial real estate person, so he gave me advice. He showed me a few spaces, um, so I kind of had a general idea of what to look for and mm-hmm. where to look. But this one, I actually found another space somewhere else, and I called the sign and. He was like, oh, that space is rented, but I have this space in U District. Do you want to check it out? And wow. I was like, okay. How interesting. Yeah. So then it was kind of easy and straightforward, I guess. And I'm just, I'm fascinated by the fact that you're so young and you took this risk with a lease and, you know, you just did it. Uh, were they pretty easy to negotiate with? Like, did you feel like you had to... Um, you know compromise or you know just advice for other people who are looking yeah. for spaces what would you what would you share totally um I think the biggest thing like I'm no real estate expert but um I had a broker who helped me mm-hmm. and so he kind of did negotiating on my behalf mm-hmm. and then 
what happens is I actually am not paying him. The landlord does because he is like a finder's fee, okay. essentially. And right. I know there's more complicated terms right. than that. Right, but, it, but that, that keeps it affordable for you too. Yeah, and yeah. it had been vacant for a while, I think, because it was such a mess in here. Yeah. Um, they were willing to talk down the rent mm. and make it affordable for me. Um, and that was really important mm-hmm. because rent commercial and residential is so high in Seattle right I wasn't comfortable getting into something that made me feel like oh I'm strapped for cash and now my business is like in the red all right the time. That's, right so yeah I feel grateful that they did we talked talked them down a bit and then your comment about your dad and your boyfriend like mm-hmm. this was the improvements were really your responsibility yes yeah okay. um yeah a hundred percent we've been <laughs> we've been here every day um they got the keys February 1st. So, yeah, it's almost two months now, I yeah. guess, almost. And, um, yeah, it's my dad, he is a, has been a business owner. He's been in contracting and roofing. And um, my boyfriend is a small business owner. He's a sign painter and used to do interior painting. So it's been lots of uh, love from everybody and lots of work. My sister and my brother and my mom. <laughs> So it's a very family-run business. They want you to succeed. Yeah. I love that. Um, Well, I'm excited for you, and I think it's fun that it's the timing is perfect. You had to probably get all of this done before the crazy wedding season starts, right? right? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah, exactly. I found it kind of at the perfect timing. I think had I found it in, I don't know, May or something, it would have been like, oh, gosh, I can't do Mm -hmm. that. But Mm -hmm. finding it in a little bit slower season has been um, been really great. And then I can open it up when, you know, Mother's Day is around the corner and wedding season is creeping up on us. So. Right. Yeah. So um, when you started, you were you kind of like a lot of people just designing in your kitchen or in your yep. garage or? Yeah. So um, in the kitchen. <laughs> and um, my boyfriend is also a sign painter. So he was working out of our little apartment. And he got a studio um, because he's working with paint and our house was, you know, I didn't want paint everywhere and neither did he. So he found a studio in Capitol Hill um, that was dingy and grimy and awesome for him. And I shared it with him for about, I'd say six months. Wow. How big was it? Um, maybe like 400 square feet. Wow. You, this is like triple or quadruple that. He's yeah. probably very jealous. And he's happy I'm not in there anymore. He can be messy. Um, yeah, paint is a different animal than flowers. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then I found a studio space that I shared with Amy, and um, that was fantastic to share space mm-hmm. with another, another florist here yeah. in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and that was for what, like a year or something like that? Um, yeah, I think just, well... Just shy, I think, mm-hmm. of a year. I think mm-hmm. maybe eight. next month would have been a year. So you you told me that the space you were in with Amy mm-hmm. uh, of Gather Design Co. was uh, about like 750. So that I was like think, you, doubled, yeah. you doubled that, and then now you're doubling again. Yeah, yeah. so growing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like it's just it's a lot of hard work, but it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And I used to be in a job that I hated, and I found flowers, and it just clicked. And, you know, I don't ever... I, I like going to work, mm-hmm. even I if it's that. like, even if I'm stressed out and I'm grumpy. As soon as I start designing or just being around flowers, I like chill. So I think I found what I like. And 
Well, let's back up a little bit and talk about how you did find flowers. What were you doing that you were kind of unenthusiastic about? Yeah. Um, so I studied public health and was going into nursing school. And I made the decision to not do that. Um, and so I was working for a, non- a, different, a couple of different nonprofits right out of college. And I mostly planned community events, mm. um, like health-based fairs and um, educational activities and things like that, like 5K runs, that type of thing. All kinds uh, of stuff. Then. Yeah, all type. Yeah, so lots of different things. And um, so I was kind of on the event planning side of things, and always knew that I liked flowers. Um, both of my grandma's gardened, my mom gardened. Um, I always made arrangements like from you know Safeway flowers and things for like Thanksgiving and Christmas and yeah I um I actually I was a bridesmaid in a wedding and Eleanor of Bash and Bloom did the flowers and I absolutely loved them oh fun yeah and I was like you know what I want to try this so then I reached out to her and I freelanced with her and then um Hmm, that's great freelance for a couple other people and then it just was like the first thing that clicked for me that made sense in terms of like a career when you were doing the events work for nonprofits, did you ever have responsibility for flowers or were these sort of like events that probably couldn't uh justify a flower budget yeah exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. so i mean it was mostly the only thing <laughs> we would be like doing catering from like subway <laughs> <laughs> shoestring <laughs> yeah, exactly so no flowers that's that's okay. It means you know how to MacGyver everything, right? right? Yes. <laughs> like yeah. this whole space. hundred percent. Yeah. I am a budget, a budgeter for sure. There, I want to go back a little bit to this in connection you had with Eleanor of Bash and Bloom. Eleanor, of course, has been on this podcast and um, I didn't know this. I, if you told me the story, I've, I apologize for, for forgetting, but um, it's kind of a nice little case study of how do you get started? Sometimes it's just simple as reaching out to someone whose work you admire and right. trying to find a, a way to learn from them, right? Yeah, exactly. And, like, I I had already kind of started just playing with flowers mm-hmm. in the kitchen, you know, mm-hmm. and make things for my mom. And um, I knew it was something that I'd always been interested in since I was little. I was like, just, I want to open a flower shop. Yeah, but and just growing really, up with gardeners, right? Right, yeah. Um, I was always in my grandma's garden every summer. So I think... Yeah, I reached out to her, and we grabbed coffee, and she had met me at that wedding, and mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, you seem great. Let's do it. So I kind of just learned underneath her, and she's wow. been really supportive. And yeah, and then I um, freelanced for Christiana from Flora Nova as well. Um, it's also fantastic. So I think... Really well, well-known florist yeah, here exactly. in Seattle. Right. Um, and I think the Seattle community is really good for that. You know, I know a lot of people who do they're like oh sure like you have interest and you're willing to work hard even if it you might just be like helping carry things in for the first few weddings and setting candles out like eventually you will get to design and you will get to Mm. know the whole flower process Mm -hmm. and um yeah I think that's sometimes you just have to put yourself out there I think and ask even if you feel weird (laughs) right right so um Pretty much you learned on the job then and mm-hmm. learned from uh, designers whose work you admired right. about their techniques. Yeah. When did you actually decide to open your own business and, and then tell me a little bit about the name because it's yeah, pretty fun. I know. Um, oh, gosh. I think I started, you know, I think everyone probably has the same story. Like you did a girlfriend's wedding flowers or something mm-hmm. like that. And that's kind of, I'd been working with Eleanor and then... Um, 
yeah, I was like, oh, I'll start doing weddings on my own. I feel confident now. But I think I'd probably been like a full wedding season with her, I would mm-hmm. say, freelancing for other people. And then I was like, oh, I think I can do this. Like, And then I started taking weddings on that next year. Um, and then it kind of just went from there. Wow. And, Word of mouth kind of thing? or Yeah, I think so. And I, I feel like I'm very grateful for the timing that I hit when I started doing flowers because all of my friends have been getting married <laughs> and their cousins and their sisters <laughs> and their friends from Montana and things like that. Wow. So I kind of lucked out in that sense of my age and yeah. my friend's ages and that type of and thing. And so these sort of trusted referrals. Right. Right. Yeah. That you, you kind of had people helping market you. Right. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, yeah. And then from there, I think it was just, then, you know, then you just have to network amongst the wedding industry too. But yeah, right. doing friends flowers definitely helps. And it sounds like also because your dad is a you know entrepreneur and has his mm-hmm. own business and your boyfriend does, you're kind of in this environment where it's not fearful to right. do make a you know small business on your own, right? Sure. Yeah, and um, like my grandpa, he owned car dealerships, and my uncle owns a roofing business, and my other grandpa owned a roofing business. So I think I just come from like a family of small business owners, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I've been supported the whole time. Right. Like, I was never told, "Oh gosh, why would you leave that?" You know, because I had benefits and a four hundred one k and a steady paycheck. Like. It was never, no one ever told me that was a bad idea. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Or like, well, you're not using your college degree appropriately. No, or yeah. That sort and of thing. I mean, that's like such a bummer when I hear that, you know? Um, my sister is actually graduating in a few months in June and she studied social work and she's in that same thing. She's like, I don't, I don't know if that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've told her so many times, like, look what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> Come work for me. <laughs> yeah, and she does. She works for me every weekend. I think but, I've met her before yeah, with you. she's yeah. great. But, um, it's like, you don't, you learn so much in your time that you're in college yeah. and that you change. And then, like, your mid to late 20s, you change even more. And I, you know, I find it, like, amazing when people study something and then they stay in that field forever. Right, like, wow, right. that's kind of incredible, actually. Right. I don't think it's as uh, taboo to not do that, you yeah. know, and that's that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I think that sometimes there's this decision, like, I just want to finish my degree and mm-hmm. move on. Yep. And I'm not going to switch now kind of thing, too. For sure. So yeah. I know that happened to my son where he was said... I can get out of college in four years with Italian, whereas if I want to stick with religious studies, it's going to be five. And it was just a money thing, too. Right. Like, time and money, you're ready yeah. to move on. So so it's it's great, though, that you had some moment where you were just smitten by flowers and you were in a work situation that was okay but not, yeah. not floating your boat or not, like, making your heart sing, right? Right, for sure. And even um, so the last nonprofit I worked for was called the Hope Heart Institute and they did cardiovascular research and education and um, I have both of my grandfathers passed away from heart disease and related mm-hmm. things and mm-hmm. I was super passionate about mm-hmm. that and I still am very passionate about healthcare and healthcare systems but it, even though I studied it I just I knew it wasn't the right thing yeah. you can have multiple things that you like and you're interested and you're passionate about but even having those deep connections I knew I wasn't supposed to stay there Mm -hmm. in that field forever Mm -hmm. it's good that you figured that out and then that you were willing to take that leap and because i was grumpy (laughs) (laughs) and now you're happy (laughs) i'm much happier okay so how did rusted vase come together so everyone asks and it's so funny and whenever someone's like oh what's your business name i say rusted vase 
like, what? Like, <laughs> rusted vase. I need to like enunciate better. But when I started designing in the kitchen, I had this crappy rusted vase, legitimately. <laughs> and um, my grandma worked growing up. She worked for the Historical Society of Woodenville. And so every summer I organized her antiques and I went through her Time magazines and had always just been around rusted things and antiques and old stuff. And that's how my mom decorates and my grandma. So it kind of just, I was like, well, there's all these names that you can incorporate, like flowers and blooms and things like right, that. And right. it's like, what should I do that kind of stands out and that like makes sense to me, even though it might not make sense to everybody else. But so that's kind of how it came about. And um, I couple, love it. Yeah, a few people have asked if I'm changing the name, having a storefront. I'm not going to. No. It's the same it, business. and it, yeah. There's something that resonates with people. Like There is a little bit of that uh, patina that we... Uh, you know, appreciate like you know anybody who goes antiquing or sure, yeah. goes to flea markets. Like rust is good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and rust we trust. <laughs> I had these friends who who uh, used to do a, a garden salvage business, and they call they their tagline was uh, we we lust for rust or something yeah, like that. So yeah. you, they're not in business anymore. So I'm sure you can use that. Um, yeah. So so how would you describe your aesthetic? I mean, you have gorgeous images on your website Thank I mean, you. the, and the styled shoots and the weddings you've done are just gorgeous and I don't know if it's just the combination of your, um, your all the pieces like the setting and the, the gown and the hair and then you've got these flowers that are always at the center sure. um, you've just done some beautiful work thank you how do you I mean I know how I would describe it you have yeah. wild, wildly romantic oh, wildly romantic yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you know, kind of going back to how I learned too, mm-hmm. you know, like I learned from very different styles of florists. That's and, true. Yeah. Christiane and, is a little bit more formal. Yeah. Right? Very okay. like, formal and classic and gorgeous. And then Eleanor has like the more natural, organic, lush mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. of things. And I just kind of went that way, like mm-hmm. natural and organic. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a little wild and funky and I don't like doing the same thing over and over, you know, and I've had a lot of fun getting to know seasonal things too, is that's like a big part of my business is that I don't want to ship things in all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, just because I can get sweet peas from Japan, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like it's supporting local farmers. So I think you kind of have to get creative in what you use, especially during the off months. So that's kind of how the more funky wild stuff started and then it's how my hands move essentially that's just what makes most sense to me when I start designing yeah you don't have little petite bouquets they're kind Mm -hmm. of out of control yeah (laughs) but but with with a lot of elements sure I mean maybe you've done some monochromatic simple things but you know just when I think of what I see in your feed I'd have to sort of get the magnifying glass out to actually study how many ingredients are in those bouquets yeah for sure yeah I do and I think um actually Amy and I've talked about this a lot and how much pressure I feel like when you're starting a business and you're following other people on Instagram there is to like fit a mold or fit what is in style mm-hmm. and what is in I don't know yeah trending I guess yeah um, I've given up on that mm-hmm. and I've kind of just started to embrace what I like doing and that's that's kind of that. listen, listen to your soul right yeah, yeah and using different things and you know foraging things and um 
yeah, kind of the flowers kind of just speak for themselves. Like that wildly romantic thing. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. A lot of my mm-hmm. couples elope. A lot of them are outdoors. Um, hmm. So yeah, I think I, the clients that I had in here earlier, same kind of thing. They're like, we like nature. We like things that are like out of place and nothing's perfect. And that's where we see our flowers going. Like, that's what I like too. So Right. And you're obviously a Washington native, right? Yes. And yep. so that kind of aesthetic that's unique to this region For comes sure. through also in when you describe that um that outdoorsy client you know that yeah. makes a lot of sense because the venue probably influences it too right totally yeah, yeah. and I, I talked about that just earlier today with um getting to know, understand a couple when it's a for a wedding and their venue and making sure everything's cohesive you know when you're getting married in a hotel or something maybe the de- wild, crazy designs don't make sense. A more classic, controlled, mm. and elegant mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of, yeah, finding out the venue and how everything would mm. match. Um, so you're, you mentioned foraging. Like, where are you forging, foraging? <laughs> at, in family gardens and that sort yeah. of thing? Yeah, so I forage out at my parents sometimes because um, I live in Monroe, mm. so that's where I grew up. So mm. there's lots of access to fun things There's a lot there. of land that... N- doesn't really have fences around it, and, right? Right, that you can wander onto, maybe. Exactly, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard in the city. You know, I think everyone struggles with that because you see a big, beautiful magnolia tree, and you're like, "That's in someone's yard. I'm not touching that." That's so funny <laughs> you say that because I remember Eleanor telling me there was like some crazy clematis in her neighborhood that she waits every year for. Yeah. But I think she does have permission to sure. cut from her neighbor's fence or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I and then there's times where I find things. You know, and I'm like, well, that's in the middle of nowhere on like a, you know, a, not a roundabout, but like a freeway entrance mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. South Park. Like, I think it's okay mm-hmm. to cut. That. I think mm-hmm. we've all done that. And I've talked to a bunch of the other yes, girls about yes. it. Yes, I think. But, I think that those those sort of gray areas, it, it's it's a judgment call, and, it is. and never it's from, probably considered a weed by everybody else, yeah. right? Never from someone's yard ever yeah. or a park. Never. Yeah, but yeah. if it's like a weird public space, a median, yeah. <laughs> median, yes. There you go. Exactly. I'm always kind of scanning the horizon when I drive through neighborhoods, looking for something juicy and exciting. Yeah. Um, and then you have a statement on your website about your, your relationship with the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market. And yes. You know that that seems to have the market's the market's growth has kind of paralleled the growth of a lot of successful florists. I think. Yeah. There's, there's no. The irony lost there. I mean, that's sure. helped you a lot, hasn't it? Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, I think, again, I learned from other people that I've worked with the importance. Because I think when you go into becoming a florist, you don't really know, like, the community and the understanding of, like, behind sourcing local mm-hmm. and how important that can be for certain people. And I think the growers market, um, yeah, they... I absolutely love all of them and all the farmers that bring their flowers in there. And, um, yeah, it's really shaped, too, like you said, like them growing and changing and adding new um, growers in and farmers. And I think I've kind of, like, moved along with that. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I probably, a safe estimate would say, like, 90% comes from the growers market. Wow. And then if... Um, like, I have to, you know, you have to bring in sometimes. They have the tropicals now, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Yeah, I know. So exciting. It's so great. But, yeah, before that, I would get, you know, like, Anthurium and Monstera and things like that from Northwest. But um, it's nice. And I love them, too. There's great sales reps there as well. But, yeah, I think following the seasons, too. Yeah. And 
watching arrangements and designs change throughout the year is really fun for me. Mm-hmm. And then you get so much more excited when you walk by a magnolia tree and you're like, in two days, that's going to be blooming. And it's something else new I can know I can use. Yeah, that's so true. So it becomes so much more exciting. And I feel like I'm more in tune with nature that way as well. I like what I do. It's interesting. I just had a conversation with um, a florist who was kind of complaining that in her market, there were because there were only a handful of flower farmers, all the designers' works looked similar because mm-hmm. they were all using the same, you know, palette of ranunculus and anemones and all. Right. I feel like that doesn't happen quite so much because the growers' market in Seattle is so much. Um, it, I just feel like they're going trying to go really broad and really deep in their product mix. I, I don't know if you yeah. run into that. Like, if you had the same flowers as Amy. Right. Or Eleanor, you'd all design something that really wouldn't look the same. I yeah, I agree, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I think that's what's nice about it is mm-hmm. that they are bringing stuff in as much as it is, you know, majority in Washington, Oregon, and some in California. It's different. It mm-hmm. doesn't all look the same. It's mm-hmm. not just like you said, like okay, we have white ranunculus and red ranunculus this week. There's right. so many varieties right. we can choose from. And with them growing and expanding, it's only gotten better. Yeah, and there's so many people around the country who look at this model and are envious, and, and it you know, it just can't happen overnight. So For sure. You know, the timing, as you said, your timing was great, and um, now your support of the market is really important too. Well, you know, that yeah. place is not going to keep its light on if florists don't right. shop there. So yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And I think, you know, some of the relationships I've built there at the market, when I go to the market, I'm so excited to see everybody and chat. And I, that's really another element of why I love my job so much is because I know exactly where my flowers are coming mm-hmm. from. Like mm-hmm. when I get some, you know, dahlias in the summer, I'm like, these came from jello mold. And mm-hmm. that's so exciting because mm-hmm. you know the people who grew them yeah. and yeah. how much hard work they put into it. There's quite a bit of a little, like, social hub. In fact, that's how this podcast happened is that we ran into each other earlier this year. And I was like, I'm going to get you on the podcast. <laughs> and it was, like, in the parking lot or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one of the things you have on your website on Undercoming Soon mm-hmm. about this shop, you mentioned workshops. So yes. what have you been teaching workshops? So I've done, over the holidays, I've done a few wreath workshops, which are so much fun. I think I saw that. Yeah. yeah so fun. Where did you teach those? Um, I did two at the Rhino Room in Capitol Hill. A friend of mine um, is the events manager there, I guess. So she is, it, would, is it a restaurant or a it's, club? or? It's a club event space. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. So, yeah. so you can just you could just book your own event to do there. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, last year I did one in Amy and I studio actually, which was more just for like close girlfriends mm-hmm. to like come and hang out and drink coffee. Um, but yeah, I did a centerpiece workshop and a flower crown workshop, um, probably a year and a half ago now. Um, but yeah, I hope when I, when the shop is open here, my hope is that I will do like planters and succulent boxes and a little bit more of like houseplant things. Mm. I will still like, I'm, Actually, I haven't set a date yet, but I'm hoping to do a Mother's Day um, yeah. arrangement class. That would be really fun, but more for the community, not for like florists. I see. You know? So, like this, we're in a real apartment-heavy, yeah. busy street. So you're thinking that's why the house plants seem appropriate for the someone without a garden. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, and I think plants are really popular right now. They are blowing up. That sounds. <laughs> I don't think you can go wrong. You know. Yeah. Like, 
air plants are really popular and succulents are extremely popular and cactus. So mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, the plants and I love, my house is filled with plants. So, um, I could see that table in the front window being yes. just spilling with plants very uh, soon. Very soon. Yep, very soon. Wow, to have a south-facing window is fabulous. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But because this shop is very deep, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to be baking in the, in the summer. No, I don't think so. You'll be sheltered. Yeah, and there's actually, there's AC, which is crazy. Um, I need to have someone come in and like look at it and make sure it works. <laughs> exactly. But All um, the things go along with an old building. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, like wired in the ceiling. Uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think and getting the cooler will be huge for yeah. flower life. And I think the way the the drop ceiling in the back will help too. Keeping yeah. it insulated. Yeah, I see that. No, I, I think so. it's smart because that's more, well, we'll show people in photos, but that's yeah. the workspace. And, and then you have a higher ceiling in this sort of shopping um, gathering place. Yes. It's beautiful. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm so excited for you and I, I as I was saying earlier before we turn on the recorder there seems to be this little shift happening where you know the number of and I've reported on this before the number of retail flower shops in the country has been dropping for over a decade sure and now there's this bounce and it's it's a group of of younger uh, entrepreneurial farmers and florists who see retail as an opportunity to connect with their customers, Mm -hmm. but you're doing it on your own terms and you're part of that movement. Yeah, for sure. And I think in the, like you said, a little bit, like the younger generation of younger entrepreneurs and, you know, mid twenties, late twenties, et cetera. I think um, having small businesses is like ingrained in us Mm -hmm. as a generation. And Mm -hmm. that's something that you should do and you should be happy in the line of work you do. And taking that risk from leaving that secure job if you're not happy. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's that's a good point. A shift in our generation, yeah. I think. Um, and I've had a lot of friends who are like, you know, I hated my job, and I'm looking because you did it, and you're eating. You have a roof over your head. Like, oh, that's yeah. lovely. So oh, I love yeah, that. I oh. like that. That is like kind of a movement in our yeah, generation. Yeah, you're inspiring other people, and maybe <laughs> just even having this environment for other creative people to bring their products. When you mentioned working yeah, with artisans, exactly. That's really sweet. Yeah. So it'll all, it'll be kind of hyper local, which will be fun. That's fact. great. Yeah. Um, I really have enjoyed this so much. Anything else that I didn't ask you that you want to make sure you mention on the podcast? Oh, gosh, I don't think so. Okay, well, great we're talking to you, too. <laughs> we're going to show lots of photos of Carly's work, her beautiful wedding designs, and um, all you have to do is visit her website and see those, and then um, your social places. And pretty soon you'll have those workshops posted up yes. at rustedbaseflowerco.com. Yep. Uh, and um, I just wish you a lot of luck. Thank you. so much for joining me today. Don't forget to take advantage of the Slow Flowers Luxury Package promotion, which I announced last week. It continues through Earth Day, April 20th. To participate, I urge you to register for the Slow Flowers Summit scheduled for Friday, June 29th in Washington, D.C. The link to the registration page is available in our show notes and also at slowflowerssummit.com. 
Everyone who registers for the Slow Flowers Summit will be included in a drawing for a Slow Flowers luxury package, which includes a one-year premium membership and one night's complimentary lodging at the Marriott Wardman Park Hotel during the summit. The value of this prize package is $400, more than double the $195 registration cost to Slow Flowers members to attend the summit. I'll announce the winner of the Slow Flowers Luxury Package on Wednesday, April 25th. Plus, as a thank you to everyone who makes an early commitment to attend the summit, you'll receive a special Slow Flowers thank you gift that includes 100 American Flowers Week bouquet labels to adorn your flowers during the campaign and a beautiful American Flowers Week poster featuring the red, white, and blue botanical art of Ellen Hoverkamp, perfect for your shop or studio walls. Check out her artwork in today's show notes. Find all the details about the Slow Flowers Summit at today's podcast show notes, and good luck. You might be our one fortunate winner. As I mentioned at the top of the show, the Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 300,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for downloading, listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As the Slow Flowers movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and I invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button at deborahprinzing.com in the right column. Thank you to our sponsors who have supported Slow Flowers and all of our programs, including this podcast, American Flowers Week, the slowflowers.com online directory to American Grown Flowers, as well as our new channels, Slow Flowers Journal and the 2018 Slow Flowers Summit. They are Certified American Grown Flowers. The Certified American Grown Program and label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit AmericanGrownFlowers.org. Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of passionate family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing bigger, better peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnny'sseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material. 
and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Mayesh Wholesale Florist, family-owned since 1978. Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. And you said that space was about, like, in the basement of a, a commercial office building. Let's just let this... There's a community uh, child, like a theater, right around the corner. Oh, it's how cute. fabulous. Yeah. They go by like that, like, once every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me, let me start over again. We'll cut that out. <laughs>